0: It is with uh, great joy and excitement that I get to introduce our uh, speaker for today. Many of you know her and have met with her, but I want to introduce mm-hmm. Reverend Angela Perigo. She is an ordained minister of the gospel through, I think, Focus One Network in Virginia. Uh, she has served in pastoral roles all over the world, from Turkey, and most recently in at the London School of Theology as Dean of Community. And now she's working on her doctorate of worship studies. And so uh, she's busy and full. And she's also married to Jeremy, which makes her busy and full. um, (laughs) And has three daughters, which even adds on. Beautiful daughters. And so it is with great joy. Angela, come up here. I'd love to pray Mm -hmm. for you and and just commit this uh, to the Lord. But Father, you're good and you're faithful. We give you today. We give you this moment. Speak shape and change our hearts. Give us eyes to see as you see and be glorified. Thank you for Angela. Thank you for her gifts. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Good morning. For those of you watching live stream, I'd encourage you right now, if you can, to go get a piece of paper or a card and a pen because you'll need that later for the reflective exercise that we're going to do towards the end. All of you should have them. If not, they're, they're in the seat. Um, in front of you. All right, well, when I was 13 years old, I got my first pair of glasses. And I don't know about you, if you remember the first time that you got, for those of you who wear glasses, the first time I put them on, I went crazy. It was just the most incredible. I was like, is the grass really that green? Is the sky really that bright? Are, are people this beautiful? It was just, inc- it was, it was, I just couldn't believe the perspective change that I had from a simple pair of glasses. Having the right perspective changes everything, you guys. It changes the way that we see ourselves. It changes the way we see our family. It changes the way we see our ex-girlfriend and social media and porn and political parties. Changing, seeing the, yeah, having the right perspective changes everything. Everything. And today I have the honor of sharing what it means to flourish as social beings. In our chapel series this semester, we're talking through the various components of flourishing and thriving in our lives. What is God's vision and hope and dream for our flourishing, and how do we live into this grace? And today, I'd like to suggest that seeing through God's perspective fosters social flourishing. Would you say that with me? Seeing through God's perspective, fosters social flourishing. Or conversely, said another way, seeing through my own limited perspective, fosters discord in society and fractured relationships because we just don't see clearly. Paul says it this way in Ephesians 2. He says this, but we, but God, God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, We sang about that this morning. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming age he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places, which gives us the ability to see things from his perspective. And today, my question for all of us is, from the perspective of being seated with Christ in heavenly places, what does my roommate look like? What does my church look like? What does my friends look like? What does social flourishing look like? What does the current pandemic look like? Because seeing from God's perspective, presents an entirely different reality than seeing through our own limited lenses. Does anyone here wear glasses? Any glasses, fellow glasses wearers? All right, so you guys are all gonna understand this next analogy. Glasses and masks don't mix. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. (laughs) It's the worst, it's like you go, you come in from outside, you step in the doors and what happens? fog. Yes. And so then it's like, all right, my glasses are foggy. If I take them off, well, I can't see anything. So that's a, it's a lose situation. If I put them on, I can't see anything because they're foggy. It's like lose, lose. And a lot of times I think that's what happens in life. We encounter a a conflict in a relationship. We encounter a new virus. We encounter a roommate who voted differently than us and boom, fog. Just like glasses and, and masks don't mix. When we don't see things with, from a cr- right perspective, social flourishing doesn't mix with an earthly perspective. It creates anxiety, discord, and fractures relations and society. They don't mix. And, but, and just as foggy glasses prevent seeing reality clearly, a foggy perspective prevents us from seeing the way that God sees. And one of the most imp- powerful examples how not seeing or seeing correctly from God's perspective played out in Scripture can be found in Numbers 13. Here the Bible gives us an explicit contrast between seeing things through God's perspective and seeing things through a pretty foggy, disordered perspective. Before we read, let's remember what's going on. The Israelites, who have just been slaves in Egypt for generations, have just arrived at the border of their promised land. How did they—this is the land promised by God to Abraham, and then all of these generations have been talking and longing for and dreaming of this land that God promised. And here they are at the border, after being delivered miraculously by God through the parting of the Red Sea, through all of those plagues that devastated Egypt. Here they are, at the border of their promises, and, and do they just settle nicely in? Is that the way the story goes? No, what happens is that before they take possession, God has Moses and 12 spies to check out the land of promise that God intended for them to live in. He intended them to live in it now, not years or generations like it had been promised to them, but now here they are. It's yours. You get this land now, you guys. You've been longing, you've been dreaming, and here it is. And while the spies are checking out the land, I wonder what was going on in the rest of the tribe. After all these years, all these dreams, all these expectations, all these plans, so much riding on what the spies have to say. And they're back. The spies are back. Gather around. Come on. Come on, spy. Come on, Sam. Come on up here and tell us what happens a hush follows over the crowd. You could hear a pin drop. Everyone's on edge. What do these spies have to say?
0: At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all, to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land And they told him, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and are very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with them said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who came from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them.
1: So at first the spies are carried away with the goodness. Did you hear that? The land is everything that we could imagine. It's better than what we could imagine. There's abundant fruit. This is where we could settle for generations. It's amazing. And then, one by one, fog starts settling on their glasses. But there's huge obstacles. There's just no way. Yeah, it's too hard. There's it's too much effort. Yeah, there's actually giants. Yeah, there's so many enemies that we can't even pronounce their names right. Yeah, too many even to count. And they're so big. And, 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 to, and we looked like grasshoppers to them. Well, next to them, we are grasshoppers. Yeah, we're just grasshoppers. Have you ever gone down that rabbit hole of your own perception before? It's so easy to do, isn't it? We've all been there. One failed grade, and all of a sudden, it's like, just not cut out for this major. Or one failed relationship, and all of a sudden, it's like, I guess I'm just not marriage material, or one botched job interview and all of a sudden you just can't bring yourself to apply for anything else. What's your particular inner voice that's threatening to devour and fracture and defeat who God has promised you to be? God's here. He's here to speak truth to those inner voices and speak the truth of seeing from his perspective today, enter into those promises. Imagine the murmurs. Imagine the letdown. Imagine the hurt and the tears all the way from the the babes who thought that they could have overflowing milk and honey to the grannies who had been pining for this land all their lives. But these two spies, Joshua and Caleb, try to calm everyone down. This is our vocation. This is who we are as God's people. God has promised us this land, and we can do it. Let's go, what did they say, at once. Let's go at once. Let's not wait any longer. Here we are. But in a matter of moments, the mood shifts from ecstasy and expectation to shattered dreams as the community is fractured between these two reports, between the foggy report of their own perception, the land is too big with too many obstacles, and there's giants, and we're just grasshoppers, to God's perspective, the clear report of God's promises, God is mighty and he will deliver us into the land that he has promised us. Can you feel this tension, this conflict going on? Yes, there were giants. Yes, there were fortified cities. And yes, let's be honest, the Israelites had just been brickmakers in Egypt for generations. And now they're faced with slaying giants and conquering whole cities. That's pretty intimidating. But God sees giants and fortified cities and slaves differently than we do. God saw his people as conquerors, as victorious. And what blows me away in this story is that that the parting of the Red Sea and the plagues weren't generations removed from them. They literally walked on dry ground in the Red Sea. They literally saw their neighbors, Egyptians, sons, families devastated because of the plagues. They weren't removed from these these amazing wonders that God had performed. They had participated in them. They had participated in the redemption that God had for them, bringing them right to the border of their dreams and promises of God. But in that moment, they chose the foggy grasshopper lens of their own perception over the clarity of God's reality. You see, the real giants threatening to defeat them weren't out there, although there were real giants out there. The true giants that defeated them were right here. They were defeated by their own perception of reality. They needed victory in the promised land of their perspective before they could enter into the physical land that God had promised them. God was inviting them not only into the land of promise, but into a perspective filled with his promises. This is the promised land intended for you, friends. This is our inheritance. As sons and daughters seated with Christ in heavenly places, we can see from God's perspective We can see and have the ability to see reality with divine clarity, not, yeah, foggy lenses. And isn't it on the cusp of our promises where we face so much attack? Am I going to believe the word of God and his promises over my life, or am I going to buy into these lies that threaten to fracture and defeat me? For the Israelites, it was a missed invitation to literally enter into the promises as they saw themselves and saw life from God's perspective. And you know what? Seeing and believing and coming into God's perspective could have altered the next 40 years of their experience. Was God still with them in those 40 years? Absolutely. Did God take care of them? Totally. He fed the manna. It was amazing. Like, God took care of his people, but their foggy perception of reality affected not only their lives, but their friends and their family an entire community, entire nation. It's pretty intense. (laughs) Let's, Let's read what God has to say. God says, As I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearing I will do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness, and all of your number, listed in the, in the census from 20 years old up and upward, who have grumbled against me. Not one of you shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell, except Caleb and Joshua. But your little ones who you said would become prey, I will bring them in, and they shall know the land which you have rejected." Can I invite you today to be the exception? To live into your inheritance as possessors of God's perspective? Because seeing through God's perspective fosters social flourishing because God's perspective changes and clarifies reality. It speaks the truth about reality. God's perspective fosters social flourishing. The right perspective changes everything. You may see your major as a fiery, blazing furnace of no escape, so hot and intense and just a matter of time before you're consumed. But God sees your decree as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw the fire and the furnace as an opportunity for God to deliver them and show off his glory as he stood in the fire with them. The Lord is standing in your fiery furnace. Whatever you're going through, he's standing there with you. You may see your dating life is totally impossible and inconceivable, as Abraham and Sarah's promise from God for children looked like at almost 100. But God sees your situation as the opportunity to birth something far greater than a husband or a wife. Could God be reimagining what you think fruitfulness could look like and be like? In this season here at Dort, you may see your fellow neighbor as just another outsider, good-for-nothing minority orphan who will live and die in obscurity, as Esther was viewed by her neighbors. But God sees her as full of destiny, a history maker who saved her whole race from annihilation. You may see your roommate as an unrefined piece of rock, but God, maybe you do, it's all right. But God sees a diamond full of incredible potential and value. You may see yourself as anxious, insecure, lacking discipline, but God sees you as more than a conqueror. You have a sound mind, you're full of love. (laughs) full of power, able to do all things through Christ who strengthened you. Our no-name minority girls will change history. Our Pauls become dynamic ministers, not persecutors. Our 100-year-old women will birth nations. Shepherd boys will become great kings. Our Gideons will be mighty men of valor, not scaredy cats. As we enter into seeing people and seeing life through God's perspective, we can foster People that come into the promises of God in their lives. Our fiery furnaces will become places where God shows up and reveals his glory. Our position of sitting with Jesus in heavenly places presents an entirely different reality of seeing. And this is your inheritance. This is what it means to sit with Christ in heavenly places and see things from his perspective. And as now, as we enter into this time of prayerful reflection, I want you to find that card that's next to you. And I want you to ask God, just begin this dialogue inside. Who is the Esther? Who is the Gideon? Who is the Sarah? Who is the David who needs God's perspective spoken over them? Yeah, ask God, God. Who needs the truth of who they are spoken over their lives? Who needs to be told that they are victorious? Who needs to be told that you're pleased with them? It could be a roommate or a family member or a political candidate. It could be a friend that you've just agreed with or a professor who's failed you. And as you receive the truth of God's perspective, I want you to begin even now to affirm the promises of God over their lives. Begin to write out as though you are Joshua and Caleb, cheering them on into their promised land. Fill that card with God's perspective. And as the music plays for the next few minutes, write. And when you finish, if there's someone here at Dort, just bring it forward here at the end and we'll be sure to put it in the mailbox. If you haven't finished by the time the service is over, feel free to put it in the mailbox outside the student services office on that prayer and worship table. God's perspective is your inheritance and you are causing others to flourish as you see them from God's perspective. Go ahead, take some time to write.